obviously I didn't speak for all of you, but I speak for myself. This has been a really a challenging week. I'm really a news jockey, and I love, and man, I went and voted on Tuesday, and everything was wonderful. I mean, the clerks and everybody just was slick. But then nothing uh, came to a conclusion. And, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not so patient, you know. I wanted it done, baby. Get it over. You know, but uh, there were some good things. A little Indian summer, you like that? That was great. Thursday got in a ground of golf. But, um, you know, then you show up for this series of readings. And you're going to get these again and again. They're all apocalyptic readings from now until the end of the church year. What does that mean by that? They're all dealing with the end times. The end of the world, but mostly death. And the end of the world as I'm part of it. And, and they're confusing and they're difficult and they're challenging. The first one did something that most of the guys in this um, congregation will admit. What did you say about wisdom it was a woman, right? Yeah, most of you guys agree with that, right? Actually, sapientia is a Latin word for wisdom, and it's a feminine noun. It's not a masculine noun. So wisdom is the woman. It is. It is. A lot of you guys need straightening out. I can understand that. Hard work for you gals, but keep in there. A- anyway, wisdom. Jeepers. How does wisdom work? Then you have the five wise and the five foolish virgins, right? And if you're a little bit like I am, you say, well, why couldn't they work that out? When the bridegroom comes, you know, some of them have plenty of oil. Couldn't they just borrow some to the other guys and then they'd all be ready? See, that's an allegory, use of the word oil. First of all, who's the bridegroom? It's Jesus, okay? It's Jesus. You know, it's not somebody... It's Jesus who's coming. And the oil is not an oil that burns. The oil is the life of faith. It's the good works. It's the action. Last week we talked about the Beatitudes. The people that have embraced the Beatitudes and lived their Christian life, that's the five wise virgins. And they can't give it away because it has to come from within. And so the foolish ones are told, well, why don't you go and buy some? Well, the foolish ones thought they could buy some, but you can't buy it. It either comes from within in your relationship with the Lord Jesus, or it's nothing, or it's not going to happen. It's not going to be. That, that's, that's really important as far as I'm concerned. Because all of us are challenged to build that relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we do, then we're going to be ready. Isn't that what he said in there? Be prepared. Sounds like when I was a Boy Scout. Be ready. Because you don't know the hour, nor the time, nor the day, or when he's coming. He's going to come knocking. And are you going to be ready? And we are if we believe that Jesus is alive. You know, in that middle reading, it talked a little bit about death. And Paul asked that the Thessalonians not be like those who grieve without any confidence because they have no hope. 
Now he's saying there very clearly that when we experience death, we're going to grieve, we're going to hurt. But underneath it all, we're going to have hope because we believe in Jesus Christ. And he overcame death and he overcame in sin. And so, so that's where we find ourselves. Very challenging readings. Now, Jen, I want you to be here next week because Lincoln's going to work on the first reading next week. You know what it is? Happy the man who has a really good wife. So <laughs> make sure you're here, you know? And yeah, remember that, girls. Here's how I deal with a difficult year, difficult week. November 2nd, All Souls Day. That's a special, special day for me. Look at old Bill Hazel back here, and Paul Werner. Do you remember the totius quotius? Remember that word? Any other old timers? Totius quotius. You got to remember that, Bill. You always are critiquing me because you know so much history. So often. How? Anybody else? I'm amazed. What kind of a Catholic school did you go to? God, golly, I didn't know. Pat, you know that? By golly. The totius quotius was really uh, one of those things that are really kind of stupid when you get all things done with it. But it went like this. On November 2nd, if you went to church to make a visit and you prayed six Our Fathers and six Hail Marys and six Glory Bees, you could free one soul from purgatory. And so we would go over to church and we would pray one hour, six hour fathers. Then we had to leave the church physically. Then we could come back and pray it all over again. Then we could, you know, get another person out of purgatory. You don't remember that, Bill. I think your memory isn't as good as you think it is. You know, do <laughs> you remember it, Paul? Yeah, you went in and out. It was it was one of those things that were called liturgical calisthenics. You know, you go in and out. It's really good stuff. Thank God we got rid of it because <laughs> it was really stupid. <laughs> you know, that, that's like saying God's mercy is limited to me. Well, it's not. His mercy is without without hesitation. On the other hand, purgatory isn't that bad. Do you believe that? Purgatory is part of heaven. Once you're in purgatory, you're not going to slide into hell, you know? You're on your way. But you're kind of a stupid on your way, and you need some purification, and God's not done with you. I look around this congregation, I don't know you that well, but I know myself. And purgatory isn't so bad. Because once I'm there, I'm okay. I might hurt a while, but I can handle that. Because I'm going to be with the Lord where it's at peace. One of the things I did then to try to replace Totius Quotius, I go and visit cemeteries. And I told you last week, some of you are here, some of you weren't, about my Uncle Darkie, one of my dad's brothers. I want to tell you about two of my aunts, my mom's sisters. And through them I have two cousins who are for priests. Each were 10 or 12 years older than I am. And so I was in high school around the time they were ordained. And for me, they were very significant people. They were heroes. They were the ones that made me think about vocations, start thinking about it, praying about it, maybe doing something. So I start out, and I go up to outside of Chilton to Charlesburg. 
St. Charles in Charlesbury. Now, this is part that's sad for me. Beautiful church, um, but it's nothing. Windows are broken, it's falling apart, nobody takes care of it. Uh, but a great cemetery. So I go and visit the cemetery. And my cousin, Monsignor Carl Steiner, is buried there. And Carl was one of my heroes. He was a pastor at Holy Name in Kimberley. He taught at Sacred Heart Seminary. He was just one fine guy. He was just one healthy individual. So I go visit his grave and my aunts and uncles and cousins. Uh, that's my first stop, Charlesburg. And then, then I go a little further over to, to Jericho. Know where Jericho is? That's only about eight miles further along the road. Again, rural Chilton. And that's kind of surprising because the buildings are beautiful, but there's nothing there. It's not a parish anymore. It's just a cemetery. So I go and I visit the cemetery. That's where my grandparents are buried. And and it's just, you know, the last priest I know that was recently died, and finally Andrew Nicol found his burial place. And, and each time I pray and I thank God for these people. Then I go on to St. Nazian's. That's where I went to, finished high school, went to junior college. It's outside of the village of St. Nathan, Salvatorian Seminary. It was a beautiful complex at one time. When I was there, there were probably 220 guys in the high school and in junior college. And, you know, it's nothing now. All the buildings are there, but most of the windows are broken, and it's been trashed. But there's a beautiful cemetery, and that's where my second cousin is buried. Father George Schuster. Only a lot of the priests that taught me when I was going to school there are buried there. So I walk through that cemetery, and I think of Father George. He was a Salvatorian priest who spent most of his time in California. A fine man. He was from Marshfield. That's where he was grew and grew up. He was uh, Uncle Matt. That was his dad, Matt Schuster. And I, I think about that. And I walked through that cemetery and then we were up to the chapel. That's beautiful up in there. If you're over there and you're in St. Asians, drive up the road a little bit and just look. Because it, it, it's hard because it's painful, but it's beautiful and it's acceptable. And so, uh, you know, that that's my journey. And then I think about those guys. And at the end, I, I ended up uh, preaching the homily for their funerals at each of them. And uh, it was an honor. It was a challenge. There were two guys that I respected, my two cousins, who were priests. But I say visiting the cemeteries is something good and healthy. And we're going to have a beautiful day today. And I even say that to you, Jacob. You know, when I was your age, I remember one thing. The first time I really felt a sense of somebody dying. It was about your age. And my uncle Eddie came with his wife, Dorothy. And we were out at the farm where my grandparents lived. And Eddie was the best-looking guy I ever saw. He was a fighter pilot. And that last time I saw him, and then he went off to the Far East, and he was shot down, and we never had a funeral because the body was never recovered. But, you see, death is not a bad thing. You know, it's the end of a good life. And he was defending our country, and he gave his life for that. So I always think about Eddie, too, because that is what it's all about. We've got some wonderful cemeteries here. 
You know, St. Joe's over here, what a great place. Riverside that kind of butts on it, walking around in there. Man, I, I go into that one section, and uh, one of my classmates, Father Phil Henschel, he was a priest from Appleton, and we were ordained in 1964. Two years later, 1966, Bishop Bowman calls me and he says, Father Phil was died, just was killed in a car crash. You preached the sermon for his funeral. You know, I was only ordained a couple of years, but, you know, I do it because I liked Phil. We went to school together off and on for 10 years, 12 years. So, so I visit that cemetery. And I think that, that I suggest that for you. Today's a beautiful day. You know, St. Mary's over on the other side of town. That's a great cemetery. I walk through there and I see so many people that I knew who touched my life. I find Father Michael Rourke's burial. I knew Mike well, fine priest, good guy. You know, then I go a little further. I go to St. Mary's in Menasha. That's the only cemetery I know that has a railroad going right straight through the middle of it. It's kind of crazy. My good friend, Father Bill uh, Spalding is buried there. You know, in my mind, he was one of the best of the priests of this diocese. Definitely should have been a bishop. He was a great, gifted man. And then I go to St. John's, the Polish Menasha. That's fascinating, too. They have two cemeteries. They ran out of room in one, so they put another one. So they got one on Valley Road and one on Midway Road. It's kind of funny, kind of interesting. you know. And so I invite you to do that because there's something good about being there and thanking God for those men and women who went before you. Those who challenged us, those who healed us, those who built a better world. And then we listen to that second reading. And when you grieve, don't be like those who have no hope. Because you trust in the risen Lord. And so while your grief is real and your loss is painful and you're having a hard time, at the final end you say, okay. Into your hands I commend my spirit. I'd like to have you put that little thing. Everybody rise now, please. Put that little thing up there and I'm going to say about it. Okay, this is a prayer that's found in the area where a number of my friends are buried. There's a little kind of a memorial to Cardinal Newman. He was a, just recently canonized within the last 20 years, 15 years. He was a priest in England, and he was a convert from Anglicanism, and he was greatly involved in ecumenism. But he knew his world, and he knew the troubledness. And uh, this is a prayer that's on that little shrine honoring him. And I want you to wa- read it with me. Um, you don't have to do it out loud. That's fine. And Lincoln's going to stick it in the bulletin next week so you can maybe pray it. But it is a wonderful prayer for where we are in these troubled times as we work through and trust in God and allow him to take over. So I guess i got to get back so so your camera, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Um, I'm supposed to be between this and that. But I don't, I, obedience has never been my strength point. <laughs> so let's pray together. Let, let's pray it out loud together just for the heck of it. Oh, Lord. Support us all the day long of this tumultuous life until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes and the busy world is hushed and the fever of life is over 
and our work is done. Then on thy great mercy, grant us a safe lodging and a holy rest and peace at last. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.